Welcome to the Jacked Rabbit Fitness Podcast, where we give you tips and tricks to level up your health and fitness. I'm Coach Brandon, your host, recording from Swamp Rabbit CrossFit, where it's our mission to lengthen and improve the lives of people in the Greenville area by providing the best hour of their day. You can always find out more about life-changing fitness by following us on Instagram, at Swamp Rabbit CrossFit. Now, enough about us. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Today, joining us on the podcast, we have one of our members at Swamp Rabbit CrossFit, Megan Love. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> glad to have you here. And uh, today, we wanted to get into a little bit of her story and experience so far. Relatively new to the gym, mm-hmm. right? Been yes. here for three months? Three months, yeah, right at three months. Yeah. Right at three months. Yeah. And so, the reason why I wanted to invite you in is kind of to highlight that first three months. Yeah. Uh, because I've, I've heard some great stories through the grapevine, and it's always nice to hear them from the horse's mouth, per se, yeah. as things have gone. <laughs> but before we get to what's going on at Swamp Rabbit, um, let's, let's go back a little bit and kind of get some background from you. So, um, where are you from originally? Um, I am originally from Charlotte. I was sure. born in Charlotte. Okay. So, um, my when I was like 12, my mom moved to Costa Rica and started to run a hotel. So I grew up in Costa Rica, kind of had those formative years in Costa Rica. Nice. And then came back to the states for college and. Okay. Yeah. So. That's that's cool. What what are one or two like hallmark memories or experiences from growing up in Costa Rica? Oh man. Um, Probably one of the ones that I always remember is like our first week there, we went to go swim in a lagoon, came back and told um, one of the guys, Checo, who was working there that, hey, we found this really cool lagoon and we went swimming and he was like, there are crocodiles in that lagoon oh, and no. you should not go swimming in there ever again. So we kind of like lucked out, but it's just like death. that yeah. ignorance of not understanding where we were. Yeah. Um, and so that was like a big learning moment. And then, um, you know, we were right in the middle of a national reserve where the sea turtles would come oh, and nest. And so it was like every summer that was just such an awesome experience to be able to go out there and see these massive, like almost dinosaurs come up onto yeah. the beach and, dig their holes and lay their eggs and then later on a few months later seeing them hatch and go out so and that's wild yeah that's like <laughs> literally national geographic yeah. childhood absolutely, absolutely that is so cool really can't complain about it so no, that's yeah. awesome yeah. so uh growing up uh around the water and all mm-hmm. these things like what what were you into did you play any sports growing up was that something that was available to you or no i did not play any sports um I had, I took care of the horses on the property, so I did a lot of horseback riding um, and walking and that kind of thing, but I was never like a sports person. Um, Costa Rica, like uh, soccer or football is like huge there, Mm -hmm. Um, but I've never been much of a runner and couldn't keep up with like even people my age, so. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, so I was pretty like into reading and taking care of my horses were That's my big great. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so taking care of the horses, is that something that has followed you through or something you hope to return to or was that just a nice thing to do for a while and now? Um, I love horses. I do not see it. That might be like a retirement goal okay. for me. So cool. yeah, no worries. <laughs> they take so much time and they're kind of expensive. So oh, yeah. yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's not an easy hobby to, yeah. to maintain. And so when you came back to the States for school, Mm -hmm. um, 
was that when you kind of got into fitness on your own? No, um, I was a science major and I would take 18 to 21 credits a semester. Oh gosh. And then I would work, yeah, no. And so it was not until after I graduated college that I was like, I need to figure this out. Got it, so, so nobody told you that you were supposed to have fun in college? No. <laughs> no. Okay. I didn't realize it till like my last semester of college and yeah. I was in differential equations and I was like, what am I doing here? What like, has happened yeah. in my life that <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting in this classroom? Yeah. 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 So, wow. Okay. Yeah. So that, that, I mean, that was real nose to the grindstone. Yeah. Hard work. Uh, yeah. I, um, it has not been until recently that I've kind of like stepped back and kind of relaxed a little bit. Okay. And so, yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, some would say you've earned it yeah. right, at this point. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so you said, uh, I'm sorry, I interrupted that you kind of, as you got out of school, mm-hmm. that that's when you started to think I need to make some changes. Yes. What was it that kind of prompted that for you? So, um, when I was 19, I joined a volunteer fire department um, I was, I got my EMT and did that. Uh, you're making us look bad. No, no, yeah, no, no. Like, <laughs> got my science major. I'm a volunteer should, firefighter I, EMT. I'm, I'm like at the extreme end of the scale of yeah. like when you do too much. No, you're like so. burning a candle at both ends and then holding a blowtorch yes. in the middle. Like this is, this is very intense. accurate description. Okay. All right. Uh, so I was in community college at the time, took a break when I went to finish my bachelor's degree. Um, came back and started back and I was doing the certification classes that you're supposed to do and I was in this ladders class where you're climbing ladders all day and you're in gear and all this stuff and I was just I was like I was like this is hard and the two instructors were talking about the wad of the day how they had done it before coming in and teaching the class okay and I was like what is this CrossFit and so I found uh, CrossFit Belmont which is where I started mm-hmm. and uh, you know got in there and did a foundations class and like I was hooked I was like this is it like I had tried you know couch to 5k and my problem has always been like consistency. Sure. So like, uh, I'll start out super motivated. And then if I don't have anybody that I'm accountable to, like I need somebody, I need people that I go and see and that I look forward to seeing. And so, uh, and so that was it. They were just so awesome. Helped me out. I could barely jump on a plate. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Great. Mark thought I was going to be his first insurance claim. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, just kind of like that progression of over three or four years kind of getting from like, you know, um, Lisa, one of the coaches there put out like a 25 pound plate and I jumped on it and I kind of like did a little tumble Uh to like being able to jump on a box and everything is like crazy Yeah, and having success and lifting weights and, you know, just all of these things that I had no idea what they were. So, yeah, yeah. that's really cool. So what, um, so the people, the connections, the relationships that you built kind of kept you coming back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What, what was it about your fitness increasing or your uh, ability to do things you couldn't before that really made it fulfilling or how were you able to take that outside the gym and it applied to the rest of life? Um, absolutely. So, uh, from like, I guess like my, um, what, what would you call it? 
my extracurricular activity was doing volunteer firefighting. Mm -hmm. And so being able to keep up in live burns and like training fires um, and extrications and that kind of thing, going from kind of being like the last person picked on the team to actually being able to keep up and do stuff was like super important to me. Um, I was working in a biology lab at the time and so we'd get all of our specimens in for the semester and like just being able to put them up on the top shelf of the of the racks or whatever and not needing to call anybody. Um, and then as I transitioned into becoming a full-time EMT and eventually getting my paramedic, uh, you know, sometimes you're out there by yourself mm -hmm. and being able to move somebody who is not capable of moving themselves yeah. without waiting 20 minutes for backup is like beneficial to your patients. It's beneficial for you and getting them to the hospital quickly yeah. and not hurting yourself at the same time. Right. So like I had a partner who we were doing, um, moving a patient off of a bed onto the stretcher and he ended up like dislocating his first rib and it like put him out. Right, like, you know? now you have two patients. Yeah, so, um, you know, just kind of being able to like know how to move stuff, know how to protect myself when I'm moving stuff and being able to lift really heavy things. Like the deadlift is definitely the most, like it definitely translates more to anything in real life than I, anything else. Yeah. I don't know if that made sense. Like I it translates yeah. super Being able well. to pick up something heavy from yeah. the floor is useful almost anywhere. Yes, yeah. Yes. So yes. being able to like have a heavy deadlift and then going into work and we didn't have electric stretchers at my service. So like if you have a 300 pound patient, your stretcher weighs 135 pounds, yes. you know, you got to get all that into the bus. Yeah. So yeah. like that was super helpful. So absolutely. Yeah. So way capable. Yeah. That meant you were better able to serve your community. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. You're better able to hold up your end of the bargain for the team. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, what's better than that? Yeah. Like, that's, that's really <laughs> be able to show up to that's work the point. and do your job like yeah. is I think, and I think there is such a physical part to any kind of first responder profession. For sure. And we're not very good at taking care of ourselves anyway. And so Yeah. Well it's tough that that as I've kind of observed and, and seen, you know, when you're in an ambulance and in order to stage for readiness, you're mm -hmm. just sitting in a QT parking yes. lot <laughs> because you need to be in this this region. Yep, yep. You don't it. have time to go do something healthy, you're gonna run inside and grab a QT pizza yeah, and a yeah. slushy and just kinda wait on the next call. Yep. And so yeah, it's it's really easy in spite of knowing what happens mm -hmm. at the end of that road because you're just you're caring for people at the end of that road yes. all the time there just doesn't seem like there's enough time to do anything for you yeah exactly yeah. exactly so in in light of all that and how busy you were and how how much you had going on and all these different opportunities and working in a biology lab is not a like eight hours a day easy gig <laughs> either there's yeah. overnight stuff and whatever yeah. that you have to do when there's uh, timing for experiments and such how did you manage to keep fitness a priority through those years? I think it was just fun. Okay. I didn't have to do any planning. All I had to do was put on my clothes and show up. Great. And so, like, it removed so many barriers. You know, um, there's, like, a level of anxiety when you stay that busy of, like, having oh, to yeah. plan. And so, understanding that... I could just show up five minutes before the class started, like 
go do whatever chit chat. Mm-hmm. I'd get a little bit of social time in, like do the workout and get out. And like that for me had so much value. Yeah. And I didn't understand like even even last year when I was doing the Ironman. I hired a triathlon coach. Sure. Because I was like, I'm not going to plan any of this. Right, <laughs> like, right. I don't have. I, I think that's why. Because I was yeah. still working and I was like, and I had started school and I was like, nope, this isn't, I know that this is my area of weakness. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, and I think when you go to a gym regularly, there is like a rhythm to the workouts. Sure. And like a system and a season to things. And so if you go consistently several days a week, you're going to get an overall like complete like workout. Yeah, good full body, long, short, all kinds Mm -hmm. of different kinds of workouts. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. That is the plan. So then uh, when when you're training there, um, you were there for four years, is that right? I'm pretty sure I got there in 2014. Okay. Yeah, either 2013 or 2014. Awesome. Um, yes. And that's and still relatively early days of CrossFit, too. Yeah, right? yeah. That's a front end. Yeah. Cool. And um, and it was really funny because the pandemic started in March of 2020. It was kind of, I think, when it started affecting us, right? Yes. And... That my office, I was in administration by that time, we went work from home mm-hmm. and I was like, yes, I get to do two a days. I've got free time. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, I don't have to commute anymore. And then they shut everything, everything. down. And my mom was so funny because like, uh, my husband travels for work or he used to travel for work. And so she knew I wasn't like, as long as that gym was open, I wasn't leaving Charlotte. And yeah. then when she heard all the gym shutting down, she's like, all right, she's moving to Greenville. I'm not going to see her again. Uh-oh. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, 2013 to 20. Yeah, it must have been. It's like five or six years. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. awesome. Okay, so so a good long time at that gym. And then in that time, were there any things that you feel like stood out to you as limitations or just kind of things that you're like, this is just the way things are as an athlete? Yeah. Um, so, uh, my flexibility is like the worst. The worst. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that there are some other people that could worse. compete, but, <laughs> but that's um, fine. Yeah. I've always had an issue with, um, squatting okay. and like getting hip crease below knee. Um, and you know, after working with Alana, realizing that a lot of that also had to do with the flexibility of my ankles too. Okay. And so not like understanding that that was something I could work on and um, improve. And so doing the work with Alana, um, you know, I told her that right now. I was like, um, it's like, that is something that I think is a limitation. And so she was kind of working on me, Mm -hmm. working with me through some of those limitations. Um, But I remember like I was at a CrossFit comp in Charlotte. It might've been, um, the goddess games okay and like i've walked up to the go to the uh to the judge and i was like i don't get hip crease blue knee on wall balls like just count them or don't count them yeah, like it's you up know, to you i'm gonna do 14 like and then, we'll move on. And then i but you know that is it don't no rep me because yeah. i know i'm already no rep right. like so um you know and i always felt i was like just on the cusp of like 
kind of going to the next level, but because I did not have a background of fitness sure. or anything like that, I didn't know how to kind of move past that. Yeah. And, and, I was, and no one would expect you to know yeah, that, right? No. There's, there's no reason. You know yeah. a lot of things that your coaches maybe don't know yeah. because you've spent time in those arenas and yeah. we've spent time in coaching. And that's a, that's a totally fine thing. I, that brings me back to your conversation about triathlon mm-hmm. and saying, I wanted to do a triathlon. I knew that I didn't know what I needed to do to do a triathlon. So yeah. what did I do? I hired an expert. Yes. I found somebody who had put the time in yes. and they knew the things so they could give me the basic plan and help me kind of guide along that path. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of one of those places where you go from not knowing what you don't know mm-hmm. to knowing what you don't know. Yeah. And when you're there, that's a great spot to say, let me find someone who knows whatever it is that I want to know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so we'll come back to the triathlon because I'm curious about that, that intermediate space. But you mentioned working with Alana mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it's, it's common. People move to Greenville. They look around. They mm-hmm. come visit our gym. And we start everyone with, with um, personal training. Yeah. If, if Rich Froning came to join our gym, we would start with personal <laughs> yeah. training yeah. and not apologize for yeah. it. Yeah. Because we know there are veteran CrossFitters five, six years in who feel kind of stymied by, I know I went to a competition and I had to tell my judge, this is just how my body is. Yes. This is all there is. I, I'm doing my best and that's just going to have to be good enough. Mm-hmm. Who want more. Uh, but just no fault of their coaches before, no fault of their gyms before. Uh, just maybe they didn't have the same education that our team does, which we put a high value on that. We, we want to always be growing in what we can assess and figure out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when you first came in, did you start with a movement assessment? Yes. Yeah. So we're going to look joint by joint at what's going on. Mm-hmm. What did you learn in that process? Um, that my hips need a lot of work. Okay. Um, and that, uh, you know, that my knees, my ankles, um, but I think also like right after that movement assessment, we kind of talked about things to do Yeah. and that, that was super helpful. Um, or going through like different stretches and exercises and that kind of thing. So, Absolutely. um, you know, and just bringing in awareness of where it was, but that it could where weaknesses were, but that they could be fixed. Absolutely, yeah. Yes. So it's it's empowering. One of the things that I think is kind of normal for most people is I have this sneaking suspicion something is wrong, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then I'm never going to look over there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because if I look <laughs> over there, I'm going to find out something is, in fact, wrong. No, for sure. <laughs> and then now i got to figure out what to do. So that little, like, underlying stress or concern or just... Mm-hmm. Uh, that discontent, you know, yeah. it's like there, there's got to be something more. I don't know what's going on here. Why can't I move the way that I want to move? I see other people freely sitting down in their squats or doing yeah. whatever it is. Why am I different? Turns out maybe you're not. Mm-hmm. And that there's just some current restrictions on that. Mm-hmm. And so when we assess and don't guess, because we could say do a few squats. Okay, those look like squats. Good job. Uh, you're a little high. Can you squat down lower? Yeah. No, I can't. Okay, end of conversation. Yeah. But instead... We- all right, so we had to take a short break, step out, answer a couple of questions for someone. But the uh, kind of where we were, were chatting was around assessment mm-hmm. and looking at what we can do when we find out where there are limitations. Yes. So 
uh, we said sometimes the tendency is if there is a uh, a thing that we think is wrong, mm -hmm. we kind of want to avoid it. It doesn't feel good. Partly because I think if I look at it and I find out that it is wrong, I'm not sure what to do about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Did you feel like when you went through the assessment, you discovered what was keeping you from moving the way that you wanted to previously, that there was nothing to be done about it? Or do you feel like pretty much as soon as we figured out what was going on, you had a plan to start to address the issues? Yeah, I think, uh, I think there was definitely a plan. And I could tell as we were going through the classes that things were um, improving. And, and it was so funny because like um, Alana did like the core assessment or looked at my yeah. core and that type yeah. of thing and she was like we're gonna fix that we got you like you know right. yeah. and it was just like I was like oh hell yeah let's do it wow like, okay yeah. this is awesome yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's fix yeah. it and um, and it's just like super interesting um, working with somebody who I think has her professional experience because I don't know like you don't understand how somebody can see um, what you're doing or not doing and yes. then correct it. Yep. It's like if I walked in with my professional experience and you were having a heart attack, I could probably call it. Like right. without without Seven, doing anything yeah. else, like I, I just know. Be like you're having That's a heart what heart attack. attacks right. look like. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've seen so many of them, right? Yes. And then with her, she like was like your toes aren't touching the ground. Like, yeah. think about your big toe and your pinky toe and your heel touching the ground right. and just things like that. Yep. And um, and even when we were working on my squat and she was like, she could see the difference in mobility between like my right hip and my left hip. Right. She's like, throw your left leg out a little bit more and yep. like do this and give me these like tips and kind of like, I don't want to call them tricks, but tips cues. and tricks. Yeah, yeah we say cues, yeah. For, um, getting the range of motion that I wanted to get and right. like that type of thing. And it was just like, Oh, this here is I different. Am, yeah. Like two days later. And you know, it's, it's something that's going to still take like a lot of time and work, sure. but I was seeing changes within a couple of days. Immediate progress. Yeah. That's really cool. And so when, uh, when you're looking at that, I, I wish that I had a counter, like a video game to say, you know, you could say, how many heart attacks have I rolled up on yeah. in my career? <laughs> or how many times has this person been doing this strange behavior, yeah. but it just keeps being the thing that I show up on the scene? Like, I wish I knew how many squats I have seen yeah. at this point. Yeah. Uh, how many how many times we've fixed a thing with move your foot here, do that, you know, mm -hmm. pay attention to your stance, whatever. And it really does make a big difference to just have the coach's eye. Yeah. And, and I've seen it a million times. And then I know here's the basics on how to fix it. And it all seems very simple yes. when somebody who knows what they're doing tells you what to do. Just in the same way that when you roll up on a scene and somebody's having a heart attack, it's straightforward. You know, these are the steps that I need to do mm -hmm. to give you the maximum opportunity. Mm -hmm. Let's get you to the hospital where you can get, you know, the next level of care. Yeah. You know exactly what to do. You've been trained, you've seen it, you've practiced it, so on. Um, and it really makes a difference. Before you joined our gym mm -hmm. and you knew we're going to do some personal training on the front end, there's a little bit of an investment there. Yes. Were you hesitant to get started? Did you feel like you didn't need personal training because you had the CrossFit experience or was that something you were open to? No, I think it was definitely something I was open to because I'd had such a positive experience 
with my triathlon training. Okay. And that was like almost, I mean, um, when I was talking to Katie about it, like she was like, you're gonna learn, you're essentially gonna get a master's degree in triathlon cool. over the next nine months. Okay. And she, I think one of like, one of the more pivotal experiences is when I got into her pool and she did a swim assessment on me. Got it. And she was like, you look good on top, but it's doing all kinds of crazy things underneath the water that was really impacting my swim yes. that like was not going to get me out of the water on time for these time caps and i would never have known that if sure. i had not had a professional say this is what you're doing wrong and this is how you fix it and spending that time with somebody to like fix it and so i had already had like such a good experience with that and i was like well maybe it gave me like a level of optimism coming into it cool that yeah yeah, that's that's something I think once someone has a good experience with a coach mm -hmm. anywhere, you realize this is a shortcut to what I want. Yes. This is it's worth the investment if I care about the outcome. Yes. Yeah. If I don't care about the outcome, no problem. Why throw any energy or resources at it anyway? Absolutely. But if I care about the outcome, a coach in almost any area is going to be something that that helps yeah. move you there faster than you could on your own. Yeah. Uh, no, that's great. So let's come back to that. So you you were crossfitting. The world started to shut down around yeah. <laughs> you. I can remember that. My son's fourth birthday party. He's a, a pie, pie day baby, 314. Oh, bless him. Yeah. And so we, we went out to dinner with family for yeah. his fourth birthday. He's about to be six. And it was like days later, the world just closed. Yeah. And uh, so at that point, gym's closed. Mm -hmm. There's no CrossFit, can't do the two-a-days, you know, what we described earlier. And that's when you said you picked up triathlon. Mm -hmm. Why triathlon? Um, it was easy to do. Um, like, I mean, obviously we couldn't really do any swimming, but I mean, we had our bikes, because we've been doing triathlon, Andrew and I have been doing triathlon for, um, since the beginning of our relationship. We've okay. been doing sprint and Olympic distances. And, um, and it's easy to get out and go and run on the Swamp Rabbit Trail. It's easy to take your bike out on the Swamp Rabbit Trail. And like, while I can't keep up with him on running, biking is something I've always been able to keep up with him. So cool. it's like something we were able to do as a couple. That was like what was, especially when he was traveling for work um, and I was working in Charlotte during the week, it was right. like, what can we do outside together yeah. where he's not leaving me in the dust? Let's have some extended time. Yeah. 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 That's so, great. Yeah. So it was kind of almost an extension of that. Um, it still took us like, um, I think, I think a lot of people from what I've heard and from my friends and everything, we kind of went through like almost like a didn't do anything for a couple of months. Okay. And then finally we were like, all right, we gotta like. <laughs> Some straw broke the camel's yeah, back. Yeah, And yeah. we gotta get moving. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of part of it. Okay. Yeah. And that, that was the opportunity. Now, when you when you did that, what was the the distance, the race that you were planning to do? Um. So we, it's 140.6 miles. All together. Yes. So okay. it's a 2.2 mile swim. Yes. I think it's 2.2. It's just over two miles. And then a um, 112 mile bike. Yeah. And then you do a marathon. Right. Because, I mean, what else are you going to do in a day? This is, I, I feel like Ironman triathlon is a sport made for Megan. No. <laughs> like, it was 
essentially, yeah. It's everything <laughs> all the time and it never ends. I'm just gonna yeah, go yeah, until yeah. I literally die. Yeah, I was uh, like, I was already used to working 14 hour shifts or 24 yeah. hour shifts. So I was like, So what's, what's 14 hours of hours? just going? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so what was the, what were some of the memories that have stayed with you? Or do you plan to do another one first question? I would really like to do another one. I think, especially after doing the training this past year, I think it's going to be a couple of years before I have time to it's dedicate a serious to investment that level of to training. prepare. Yeah, because, you know, we're planning on starting a family over the next couple of years cool. and everything. And yeah. so, like, by the time I'm ready to do the next one, I need to have like childcare figured out for Saturday. Oh, so yeah. I do a hundred mile bike ride, you know, like, yes. and you know, and um, so we, I like my weekends were like hundred mile bike ride on Saturday and then 16 or 18 mile run on Sunday. Wow. And then it would just kind of rotate through shorter stuff during the week and then all the long distance stuff on the weekends. Sure. And so. Um, How long does it take to ride your bike hundred miles? Um, I think I was getting at, it kind of depended on the weather. Yeah. Um, if it was, I'm trying to remember. Cooler, not cooler, too windy. Cooler, not too humid. Um, you know, like five and a half or six hours. Okay, that's a cruise. I yeah. Mean, that's on the yeah. bike for a while. Um, I would, I usually went up to, my favorite place to go was um, Kings Mountain State Park. Yeah. Um, cause they've got a three mile loop right there. Okay. So there's like almost no cars. I hate being on the road. Oh, cars. traffic. Yeah. That, um, that's part of what has kept me out of road cycling. Yeah. Yeah. Is just the risk factor. Yes. Dealing with that. Um, and I like the Donaldson center is even though there's traffic there, I've never, like, even with the semis, I've never had a problem riding out there. Yeah. Um, everybody's like super respectful in my experience. That's great. But it's so sunny. That you just get cooked. You just, get, you just cook during. So the so let me let me back up because something just registered with me. You said I love to go to Kings Mountain because there's a three mile loop. Yeah. <laughs> it so you rode bad. the loop thirty three times yeah. on a Saturday. That's why chippers are like my favorite. Oh my <laughs> gosh. But it was super nice because like you could you didn't have any traffic to worry about. It was um, there's a lot of shade. Um, you're in this like really beautiful like national national park essentially is what it is. Yeah, it's yeah. an old revolutionary battleground. Right. So I mean like it was just like a really pretty very like chill very mellow. space. Yeah. There were bathrooms and okay. I had access to my cooler the entire time. So I always the, the right. hard thing when you're doing the long rides during the summer is you're I'm essentially drinking carbohydrates the entire time. Right. And when those get hot, they are not very good. Uh, yeah. So every couple hours I could switch out my water bottles and like have fresh water, have fresh yeah. carbs, you know, yeah. cold stuff. So um, it sounds horrible. No, that's because it is horrible. <laughs> 33 and, laps around a three mile track is a lot. Andrew was not the biggest fan of it, yeah. but I loved it because it was just very consistent. Con so. yeah. Okay, I know but, exactly what to expect. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. keep going, well, just keep going. And I think for a training ride, where you're trying to keep a certain pace and you're trying to like maintain not having a stoplight to worry about and sure. not having everything that goes with being on the road, for me it was super helpful. It's basically a closed racetrack. Yes. For you. Yes. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Okay. That that's a lot. Yeah. You're way tougher than me. <laughs> I just want you to know that. The the grind of school and work and first responder life yeah. and Ironman triathlon and all I was like, I'm gonna get through the pandemic and just fix the things that are creaky at my house. Yeah, and yeah. That, I'm gonna be happy with that. Well, That'll be good. And I wasn't always very successful at everything, so I did. Ha I did come to a point where 
I had to like pick what I really wanted to do. Well, sure. And um, and we kept going into mandatory overtimes, which really um, was difficult. And so March of last year, I kind of told Andrew, I was like, I'm either working or I'm doing school. And he's been trying to get me to quit EMS for a long time. Like yeah. not actively like trying right, to right. cross his like, fingers. This is a lot, Megan. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> so, maybe you could sleep sometimes. Yeah, no, for real though. That seems encouraging. <laughs> and Katie too was like, what are you doing? Like, sure. and so, uh, and so he was like, why don't you just quit work and we'll figure it out uh -huh. and like go to keep, finish school. So, right. Um, so it's very like lucky that we were in a situation where that was possible. Good. Possible. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So with that out and not having the commute to Charlotte right. on a weekly basis was like super helpful. That saved some time. It for saved sure. a lot of time. For sure. So I don't want to keep you all day, although yeah. I could, cause this has been fun. What if you were, you know, after your first several months at Swamp Rabbit, mm -hmm. kind of mm -hmm. coming off the triathlon life getting a great experience on the front end with a coach, uh, you know, you weren't really on the fence about getting started. You were ready to go. Yeah. But what would you go back and tell you uh, the week before you came in for your first session about how things were going to go? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. Uh, because it is a lot of money. Um, and I think especially... Uh, I think it's more than most people are used to spending on oh, yeah. any kind of fitness. Sure. Um, but my thing is, is I want to be working out and doing stuff at 70. Yes. And I think like if I were on the fence about it, then I'd be like, this is like going to pay dividends in 50 years when you know my biggest fear is, like people are afraid of spiders or snakes or whatever uh -huh, uh -huh. and my biggest fear is being immobile yeah and needing somebody to like help me go to the bathroom like not being able to do basic life functions right. without without assistance yes and so i think for most people especially if you have like a pre-existing injury or something that's keeping you from doing stuff that helps prevent that Right. So. And so would you say that, that that bubbled out of a career of finding people at that kind of end stage and this is what your living conditions are, this is what your relationships are? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's not even like people at end of life. It's not even people in their 80s and 90s. It's yeah. like in their 50s having issues, in their yeah. 40s, pulling somebody in their 40s out of their home. And because they have not been able to get get up out of their bed and there's nobody there to help them, they've gone to the bathroom on themselves. Uh -huh. And now they have a bed sore that's right. become this massive bacterial infection. Uh -huh. And so like, and that's, that's weeks in the hospital, right. right? And so, and that can be from, I've seen it for a range of reasons, whether it was like an injury from a car accident to being overweight that has caused them to be bed Sure. There's a hundred different reasons for it. Yeah. But I think understanding that no matter why you're immobile or you're having issues, like there is an opportunity to improve yes. is like something that's super important. Awesome. So, so that aligns so perfectly with what we want, mm -hmm. which is 
active, mobile, fit, healthy, capable 70 year olds, people who can through the course of their life. So that's why, um, you know, our messaging looks like consistency over intensity. Absolutely. Can I, can I come in five or six days over the next two weeks, get some good work done. I don't have to peel myself off the floor after every single workout. Every once in a while we should get a good push. Absolutely. That's fun. It's a good test but consistently caring for myself. If I have pain, I want to address it. If Mm -hmm. I have limitations, I want to address them uh, before I worry about how fast or how heavy or how far I can do those things. And so that's really the purpose of coming in individually because then we can assess, we can find out what's going on, we can find out what our goals are, and we can make a plan to achieve those things. Uh, So that's really awesome. So that's why uh, after three months, you're really taking root because we're aligning. Yeah, absolutely. We want you fit and healthy and yeah. capable at 70, not just for the next two years. How yeah. hard can you go and, and how much can you achieve? Um, that's really awesome. If if there were anybody on the fence, you had a friend you were talking to, mm-hmm. they were like, I kind of want to do it. It is a little bit expensive. Why should I? What would you say to them? Um, I think I would go back to that it's an investment in your future. Um, and, um, you know, Alana and I, we were talking about it and I was talking about like, I had this long break and kind sure. of did some other stuff. And, um, and she talked about how she had taken a break during her pregnancy and everything. Right. And, you know, it's kind of using it as an opportunity to relearn and create a new and better foundation. Awesome. Um, so I think it's kind of where I would go with that. And I think, uh, you know, you pay for the training today, yep. but that's information you take with you for the rest of your life. That's right. Yeah. Like that's, that's yours. You get to keep that. So education like, has the best return on exactly, investment. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of how I feel about it. So very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Well, Megan, thank you yeah. for taking some time out of your Absolutely. day yeah, to come you. in and chat. Uh, This has been a lot of fun. If you want to find out more, you can uh, follow us on all the social platforms. And Instagram is probably the best place. And you'll probably see Megan there if you uh, want to check things out and see what's going on. Uh, Thanks for listening. If you made it all the way to this point, you're probably our number one fan. Or it might be me re-listening to this podcast. (laughs) Um, in, In any case, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the Jackrabbit Fitness Podcast. We appreciate your support. If you got just one little useful nugget that will help you out today, consider heading over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and leaving us a five-star review. really helps to get the word out and share these tips and tricks about life-changing fitness with friends and family. You can find out more about Swamp Rabbit CrossFit by following us on Instagram or on Facebook at Swamp Rabbit CrossFit, or you can visit the website at SwampRabbitCrossFit.com. We hope this episode is part of the best hour of your day and we'll catch you on the next one.